0: Pastor Mike McCoy welcoming you to the time of truth. Yes, okay, here we go. Acts chapter 4, verse number 16. Acts 4 and 16. And when you found it, shout amen real loud. Amen. Saying. What shall we do to these men for that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. Father I love you. Thank you for the day and the time and the opportunity to be back in the house. Lord you give us strength. To be in church today, you give us help, Lord. You give us Acts 17:28. I bless you for the day, for this opportunity. I pray you fill my mouth and guard my tongue. Preach me with accuracy inside the bounds of this holy writ. Lord, touch the hearts of your people. We have come to encourage them today. It is a war zone outside these walls, Lord. No weapon formed against us is going to prosper, but we have come, God, to help us put on the armor and keep on the armor and be able to fight the battle for the cause of our Christ and our King. I love you. I praise you. If there be a lost one saved today for you, glory, Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And, and amen. Now, what caught my attention was in verse number 16, the last part of that verse, we cannot deny it. I'd like to preach for just a little bit this morning on this, debunking denial, debunking denial. These men could not deny what had just transpired, transpired, but yet they would not believe. There was a notable miracle taking place. I, I I need to review this story for those of you that maybe have not read it and for those that Of us that have that, it would refresh our mind, stir up our pure mind by way of remembrance. So we review the story from Acts 3, 1 through verse 4 and 22. And what we find here, first we find the men of God going into the temple of God at the hour of prayer. We find Peter and John, they're going up. It is 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's time, it's prayer time. What it was, it was sacrifice time by the Jews. But they would stand outside the court and pray a time of prayer when the sacrifice was being made. Now they knew that the, sacri- the sacrifice had already been made. They knew that the Lamb of God was slain from the foundation of the world. They knew the real sacrifice, Jesus, had come. He had died. He was risen. This is post Pentecost, uh, here we have them. They are filled with the Spirit of God. They're out going to the house of God. They're going for prayer. We come in. We pray without ceasing. We have pre-service prayer. I prayed before I left home. We have pre-service prayer. We come in. We have prayer in Sunday school. Brother Gordon closes in prayer. We have altar of prayer. We'll give invitation later for prayer if necessary. In your life, we pray without ceasing These men, we're following the example, we are following the example of these men. How many in here can tell you, when you pray, good things happen? Some, Some never get an answer because they never pray. But when you pray, and pray without ceasing, that doesn't mean that I walk around, continue praying, but I walk in an attitude of prayer I pray about things. I pray throughout the day. I hope you do as well. And we pray and we pray. But when we pray, good things happen. So we see the men. We see Peter and John going up at the hour of prayer. Then we see the miracle. There's a lame man laying by the gate. There he is. Get a hold of this. They said he was laid there daily. He was above 40 years old. So... We don't know that if in his early life they laid him there, but probably once he was up and on his own, when he was an adult male, and when he should have been able to care for himself or his family, he was incapable of doing the necessary work to provide for himself. Now, at this day, there is no government assistance. If you're not, if you're not able to toe the line, pull your own weight, You're going hungry. So he's laid at the gate full of alms, or looking for alms. Now, to understand this better, the the religious of that day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they liked to go by and give alms to people so others would see them do it, and it put a feather in their cap, so to speak. And so he knew where to lay because they'd be traveling in and out. I want us to think about something, though. It's maybe been 60 days. Could have been plus or minus on either side of that. 60 days or so that prior to someone coming through the gate. Three times Jesus had entered this gate. He come in, he come to the temple, he went back out. He come in, he went back out. He come in, he went back out. And all those times, if this guy had been laid there all his life, he, daily, he he had to have been there when Jesus came in there. out. Amen. Why did he not get what he needed when Jesus passed by? I think it's relatively simple. Why do we not get what we need when Jesus passes by? We simply do not ask him. Amen. Because if he would asked, the Lord would have stopped there he was crippled. And the King of Glory is passing by. How many people sat in sanctuaries and the King of Glory, sp- figuratively speaking, and spiritually, he passes by, he passes by, he passes by, and they don't get what they need. Simply, Brother Dennis, because they don't ask. So we see the miracle. This day, this day, he didn't ask to be healed. He asked in all. There have been times, Gordon, that I asked for a little, mm, and I got a lot. <laughs> Sometimes God just takes it upon himself, I'm going to give you more than you asked for. <laughs> hey, then you ask him for a little, and he gives you a lot, of hallelujah. Hey, look here, he asked it all, Peter said, oh, broke Peter. He didn't have nothing at this time. He's even out of the fishing business. Uh, He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk, praise God. And he got up and went into the temple. And I think he had a little Pentecostal free will Baptist in him, because when he got in there, he didn't just go in quietly. The Bible said he went in a jumping and a leaping and a praising God. Hey, look here Scared some of them to death They asked me about camp meeting I said it's not for the faint of heart (laughs) Things go on that would scare most Baptists It's even got over some of the Pentecostals that was here Said we don't act like that in our place Hey, what happened? We come in with the attitude of worship And we praise the Lord And we don't care who's watching It's not for their benefit It's for his We see the men we see the American and then we see Peter preaching a message and he says to use a, a phrase that I use often in some of you as well he preached the paint off the wall and 5,000 men were saved you know what he preached repent and convert It hasn't changed any. Repent and convert. It's that simple. Repentance is something you do. Say, all I've got to do is believe. That's right, but belief brings an action. And so repentance is this, I'm walking this way, And repentance turns me around. And now I'm walking this way. It is a complete 180 from the direction I'm going. Some things change when repentance occurs. And we are converted. We preached it Wednesday night so Sister Carrie would understand. We are converted. We are done this. The Spirit of God puts us in the body of Christ. The church. The church. Not a church. There's a lot of churches. But there's only one. The church. Are you still with me? What's that got to do with denial? Here it is. All these things happen. 5,000 people are saved and the religious that he's talking to right here still didn't believe. They said we can't deny it but we're going to deny it. We can't deny it. All Jerusalem's going after him. We can't deny this. But they did deny it. Jesus said it like this before this day. He said said earlier over in Matthew, he said, they honor me with their lips, but their heart's far from me. Three little quick things, I'm done. So here's the lesson that we've all heard today. People still try to deny. Here's some things they try to deny. And our children, I'm glad the house is full of young people today. And I I thank my school teachers that are here because I know I know in my soul that you're you're not pushing this false doctrine of evolution. If they'd just do a study on what Darwin himself said, they'd understand this thing's hogwash. I mean, he confessed from his own mouth before he died. He said, if I believe that, what am I going to do about my promiscuity? He likes sleeping around. You got a problem with the word of God? That's where the problem is at. It's not with me, not the preacher, not the mailman. It's God. Right. And number one, they deny. Now, this, they denied back then. They denied. Even though they saw the miracle, Jimmy, they wanted to deny how it come and who it come through and today people are no different, made out of the same mud, my old Bible teacher said. And they deny creation of the world. They deny creation. We had this, I, I, I had forgot we were starting in Genesis until Gordon got up and said open it the first page, I remembered. And I thought, well, I'm preaching that today. In the beginning, God. If you got a problem with that, You got problems. I'm glad that as a little boy that God brought me, my family brought me the house of God and I heard, Randy, that in the beginning, God. By the time I I was six or seven years old, you couldn't have convinced me of anything else. You just asked me and I wasn't saved then, but you just asked me and I'd say, how'd this get here? It was simple with me. I wasn't confused about it. I said, God made it. Settled all my issues, all my troubles. Didn't worry about it. You couldn't, the school teacher, if they couldn't have shoved Darwinism down my throat, I'd have vomited it back up. I'd have said, hey, that's wrong, because in the beginning, it was God that created the heaven and the earth. And I'm gonna die with that, and they can die with what they got, and we'll see who comes out better. Because in the beginning, Genesis 1, open the book, there it is. And they deny that creation. They deny it to justify their lifestyle in the flesh. That's why they do it. It's called humanism. They try to make themselves on the same plane as God. They deny. It. Roland used this verse John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was? Hello. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Here's one verse that they didn't get. I'm going to read this to you just so I don't leave a piece of it out. For by him were all things created. Speaking of Jesus that are in heaven and in earth. Now, really like this. Visible and invisible. So you know what that says to us? There's some things that he made I can't see. He made them too. He made it all. There's nothing that he did not make according to scripture. But many in the world today, say this, I don't believe it. So this guy's, this guy's, he's an, uh, uh his name's Piers Morgan. Some of you know who that guy is. He's an English fella. He's worked for several different networks. I mean, he's worked for them all. CNN, Fox. You talk about opposite end of the spectrum. He's worked for all of them. Now, I think he's back home, in Britain. And and he was. I watched an interview with an atheist. And he's about. I don't know that he's a believer but he's agnostic I mean he, he really don't hear he said you convince me that, that, that there's no God I'm listening you convince me and so the atheist begins to speak he said but I want to ask you one question before you speak he said where did the first thing come from and the atheist said I don't know and neither do you I thought I know, I just opened an old Bible, right there it is, and I'm satisfied with that. How can you be satisfied? Because the Spirit of God convinced me it's true. They deny the creation of the world. They deny this, they deny the compilation, the putting together of the Word they deny the Bible as being the infallible Word of God. Now, some fella asked me, and there's a little, he's been a little, I don't know, maybe facetious is the right word, but he, he said, uh, so, so you just, your church just uses the King James Bible. I said, that's what we use. He said, do you think other translations are inaccurate? I said, a lot of them are. Very much so. But now there's some, there's some that, that they, they're pretty close. So now I don't know about that preacher. There's not a person in this room got a 1611 King James Bible and reads it. You can't read the 1611 King James Bible. They got numbers for letters. And I've got one in my office and I'm trying to read it. And I'm thinking, this is hard to read. So we got the revised version. About 1740 something, I don't know what it was, 60, 1760. But here's what I asked the gentleman. I said, look, if everybody in the room's got a different version and then somebody gets up to read, then they they's got a real problem because, now my Bible said God's not the author of confusion. Amen. And if I'm reading a chapter, Grover was preaching at a church one time, a woman, they read something out of it. He, he read a verse out of King James. A woman come up after church said, that's not in my Bible. He said, you got the wrong book. Yeah, that's why it's not in there. He's not the author of confusion. He compiled this over 1,500 years, 40 writers, five uh, five continents, I think three or five, I can't remember any, which it is, several continents. And it all all has the same theme and points to the same one. Now you tell me, that's a miracle. They deny the, the perfection of the word of God. In 2 Timothy 3 and 16, the Bible said this, all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. So if I wanna know how to be right, I read the right book, and the book instructs me on the doctrine or teaching and tells me what I need in my life. I can't find that. You can't find that in any other book but the Bible. But they deny the compilation, the putting together of the infallible word of God. They don't believe it. say, so, well, 2 Peter 1 and 21 says this, Holy men spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. There's the inspiration of it. The Holy Ghost instructed them on what to speak and it was recorded. I'm going I'm to read you something right here just so I won't leave anything out. Uh, I don't want to misquote this. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them, speaking unto the world. How? For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. Who would that be? That'd be us. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So when when the unsaved, the unbeliever Stands before God, and he says, no excuse. I showed you myself in the stars. I showed myself in the bears feeding on the salmon. I'm sitting on my back porch this morning, finished my conversation with Roger. I got a cup of coffee in my hand, and a falcon comes and lands on the post right in front of me. Startled me. They come in fast, you know. There he was. I thought, wow. The ground squirrel squirrel escaped. I'm watching this. There's God. The next squirrel probably won't escape. He feeds everything. Lastly, they deny the creation of the word or the world. They deny the compilation, the compiling, the putting together of the word of God. And the word was made flesh and dwell among us. That'd be Jesus. But here's, here's something that they can't deny. And this it, it is this. It's the confirmation of the work. Now watch this. It's the confirmation of the work. What? Of that. Of the word of God. They could deny. They could, they could deny that they didn't believe that it was because of Jesus that the crippled guy got up, but they couldn't deny what them two boys standing there believed. Because what they had, they're going to die with. They couldn't deny the work of the Lord, praise God. They couldn't deny the work of the Lord and the people of God. That are, You are. You are the work of God. Listen, when he comes in, You've become the work of God. Now all things were made by him. And you were made for his. uh, uh, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. For the pleasure of God he made you. So I don't like it. Too bad. He didn't ask your permission. He made you for his pleasure. He wants you. And there he is. And he made us in that. And you can't deny. Therefore, any man being Christ, he's what is he? Oh, wow. That's a work. That's a creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things, all things become new. I mean, hey, it's just getting better now. Now it's getting better. Hey, I'm not what I once was, and I'm not what I'm going to be. But praise God, I'm on my way. Are you with me? It debunks their denial when they see you and they can't answer the question why you do what you do. And how do you know that he's his? That you're his. The spirit of God beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's simple. I know that I'm his and he's mine. It'd be alright when I leave Jim. Jim. Sandy got to glory. We have to wait. We have to wait. But she got to glory. Confirmation. Praise the Lord. Listen. I'm going to read you something else out of Colossians. You go home, you stay. This, this, this will help you right here. This is good. This is good stuff. And... Uh, this is what touched me this morning I was reading. Let me make sure I got the right chapter here. I'm in one, I'm in the wrong chapter. Give me just a moment. Now, listen closely. Well, it'd help me if I'd get in the right book. That might help. Now, here we go. He said, Paul writing, he said, if you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven whereof I, Paul, am made a minister who now rejoice in my sufferings for you And fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. You know what that says, Christian? There's a little suffering for the cause of Christ in the church. And we shouldn't be too upset about it when it comes our way. We should expect it. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. In other words, we're without excuse now. We know why. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, We have that. We know that. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Listen. whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working. There it is which worketh in me mightily. What is that? That's confirmation of what he done in us. It is confirmation of the work in Christ in us, the hope of glory. Yeah, they deny a lot of things, but they can't deny what, how God changed you. Amen. That debunks their denial. Why do you act that way? Well... Somebody moved in. Somebody moved in. Ain't done something to me. Now listen. Infants don't act like adults. But sometimes us adults that get in a big way, sometimes we can act like infants. But there is a work in us There's a work in us that the world can see Randy Maynard. And they know and understand something's up with this guy. I read this story a long time ago. There's a fella who was a habitual drunk. The world calls him alcoholics. The Bible says drunkards. He was a habitual drunk. He just couldn't shake it. And one day he stumbled into a mission and this old boy was preaching and he heard John 3.16 and he got gloriously saved. I mean all over. The Holy Ghost moved in and this guy was very much different. And he asked the fella at the mission, he said, preacher, He said, can I just stay here and help you? He said, now the work's hard and it's dirty. He said, I've been hard and I've been dirty. Let me help you. His name was Joe. They said that it didn't get too bad. It didn't matter what kind of mess they made, whether they'd been sick and rolled in it, it didn't matter, said, when, old, when they come in there and old Joe seen them, Joe grabbed them, took them in there, showered them, cleaned them up, put clean clothes on them, fixed them a place to sleep, carried food to them, said they wasn't nobody like Joe. Said he didn't ever leave the mission. He worked there seven days a week. He didn't miss a service. He is at every service shouting hallelujah. He said, God huh, has made a difference in me. And so the people that was coming in, they all knew Joe. They'd say, hey, where's Joe? They wanted Joe to take care of him. Joe was the man at the mission to take care of anybody. didn't matter how bad it was, how broken, how, how nasty, dirty. To Joe, it made no difference. Joe's gonna help them. Said Joe, just get them and love on them. Said there's an old boy sitting on the back row one night in the mission. They was up preaching again. Said he took all he could stand. Said he jumped up and run toward the front of the church and he slid up under the altar and the pastor slid down there beside him put his arm around him and said the guy was a praying and he's saying make me like Joe make me like Joe make me like Joe and said the pastor finally had, had it enough he said don't you mean make me like Jesus he said does he know Joe yeah. he didn't know Jesus But he knew Joe. And he knew there's something different about Joe than anybody else he'd ever met. Oh God, make us like Joe. Let them see the work in us. It confirms, it debunks their denial when they see the work of God in you. The hope of glory. Have you got that? When they see you, it confirms the work of Christ and it debunks all their denial. And they say there's something about you. There's something about you. Maybe you hear this morning, Never been saved. I'm telling you, you've watched your mom and dad. You've watched your your family. Maybe you've watched your grandpa and grandma. Listen, and you know, the Bible said we know we've passed from death into life because we love the brethren. If there's no love there, there's a problem. Do you have that this morning? Can you say with all honesty, I don't deny the word. I don't deny the world. The creation of God. I don't deny the work of Christ. I understand it and believe it wholly, and I have that in me today. We're going to stand to our feet. She's going to play something soft on the piano. Ask you to bow your heads in the house of God. How about it today? Do you need to talk to the Lord about something? She's playing almost persuaded. I need something from Lord. So I'm coming to pray. You need to come. You need to come. Others need to come. I can't do much, but I'm showing Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's what I'm showing. I'm showing the work, the work the Lord's done in my heart and in my life and in my family, in my church. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.